Hi, I'm Fred Schonenberg, and thank you for joining me on the Venture Fuel podcast. At Venture Fuel, we help companies find new solutions by partnering with the best startups from around the world. On the show, you'll learn the secrets of business leaders who tap into startups and the founders driving extraordinary results. We'll consider new ideas, stretch our mindsets beyond the status quo, and in the process, discover how to leap the competition and fuel personal growth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ventural Visionaries podcast. I'm your host, Fred Schonenberg. On today's show, we have Sally Jan. Sally's the director and head of ventures North America at Diageo, where she oversees Diageo's venture capital activities, including minority investments, whether they lead, co-invest, partner, or joint ventures, as well as distill ventures in North America, which we'll talk about today. I first met Sally when she helped launch and was head of SAP.io, which is the corporate venture and innovation arm at SAP. Prior to that, Sally was a VP at Seed Invest, where she headed up their venture capital practice. She's been recognized by CNBC and America on Tech as a leader in venture capital, as well as one of the top 50 women transforming fintech. Today, we talk about corporate venturing, accelerators, why startups and corporates should collaborate at all, and what's next for Diageo. I know you'll enjoy this conversation, and please join me in welcoming Sally Jan. Sally, it's so nice to see you again. Uh, you're in beautiful Miami, which is amazing. Uh, and thank you for <laughs> taking the time to, to chat on the show. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Fred. And great to be reunited with you. This is such a great platform. Thank you so much for having me again. So you've, you've had such an amazingly interesting career. I mentioned SAP.io, Seed Invest, but also General mm-hmm. Atlantic, Morgan Stanley, now Diageo. Can you share a little bit about your journey and what led you to this, this current role? Sure. I am actually, I think I should start a little bit into the early years. I was born abroad. I was born in China and I moved to the States when I was five years old. I moved to Southern California and my parents were both professors in China. So we didn't come to the U.S. with a lot, but education was always emphasized, was very important for our family. And that led me to, you know, different public schools actually throughout my childhood and then into UC Berkeley. So I went to some of the best public schools um, and then UC Berkeley is where I really figured, started to figure out what do I want to do? And I did the undergraduate Haas business program there. And so at the time when I was graduating out of college, we were really focused on kind of three career tracks. We called the ABCs, accounting, banking, and consulting. Yeah. I fortunately, well, I unfortunately picked banking. <laughs> I started out at Morgan Stanley's CMT technology investment banking team out on the West Coast on San Ho Road, where I got exposure to late stage private companies, to blue chip public companies. And they're across the board in tech, hardware, software, even clean tech. And so that's where I developed this passion for working with tech and entrepreneurs. And from there, I moved to New York. I worked in the growth equity, as you mentioned, also in the tech. Uh, realm. Then I went on to work at a small startup myself. I wanted to learn what what it would be like to be on the other side of the table, uh, not in these traditional finance roles. 
Um, and so I got to a small startup where I was a CFO and head of business development. So I got some operator experience. And I from there, I realized I love working with startups. And there is a discrepancy around fundraising. And then I went into venture capital, um, where I've been for about the last 10 years. And I was at Seed Invest. I was the head of the venture capital team there. Then I moved to SAP, which you mentioned. I helped launch SAP.io in New York, which is the corporate ventures um, and accelerator arm of SAP. And from there, I moved into D- my current role at Diageo in May of this year, May 2023. So fairly new, interesting jump, which I can also cover. But I went from you know a lot of technology um, into a you know top global CPG brand. But you know it's ventures, and I have had a lot of corporate ventures experiences, which transfer very well to what I what I'm doing today. I love the story arc in the background. It's very interesting. I think most of the people that end up in this sort of like startup VC ecosystem, you know, come at it from different different vantage points, uh, and then they just get uh, so en- enamored, uh, right, with uh, the entrepreneurs. This this ability to kind of spark change uh, and the opportunities to make a difference rather quickly. But the, the background yes. usually starts from somewhere different, right? Which is always interesting. Can you talk about? what your your scope, your mission is uh, today at Diageo. Yes, yes, absolutely. So at Diageo, I am on the ventures team and I help overlook our North America ventures activities, um, which are minority investments, partnerships. And first and foremost, we invest in beverage companies. We're a beverage company um, ourselves. You you may have heard of us. We own over 200 brands such as uh, Casamigos, Don Julio, Catalan, Smirnoff, Tanqueray, Guinness, Johnny Walker, Bullet, many, many other brands. Um, and so I am looking at emerging brands in the beverage space, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic. And the alcohol side of what I'm looking at are brands that are in traditional categories we see, such as whiskey, tequila, aperitifs. What's also really exciting is we're working on investing in non-alcohol brands as well. And so non-alcohol brands really are our way into this new world of consumer trends around health and wellness and sober curious and, and whatnot. So we're one of the first companies to launch the non-alcohol spirits category. My team invested in Seedlip pre-launch, helped them scale to the point where Diageo was able to acquire them. And now they're a very well-recognized non-alcohol spirits brand. And then second, I work on... we. What's really exciting as well that I want to tell you about is we're launching a technology startup accelerator. I helped launch a a startup accelerator when I was at SAP. So it's really nice to kind of go back to those roots and try to emulate and do some of the things that we did, best practices at Diageo. So our tech startup accelerator is, it launched uh, or it's launching at the beginning of next year, January. The applications are actually open now for a few more weeks, deadlines November 24th. You can check it out. Uh, the website is just fusionpartnershiplab.com. And it's really for tech companies that 
may have worked already with some CPG brands, have that experience, and work with Diageo's brands to help us bring better consumer experience, drive better consumer awareness of our products, drive better engagement with our products. And so, you know, it could be a range of really different types of technologies. It could be companies that are providing virtual events experiences, AI personalization, uh, recommendations of our products or our serves or where to find our products. It could be IoT devices that can enable an understanding of uh, the consumer's journey as they enjoy our products. It could be um, many different types of companies actually that could come into this accelerator, which is equity-free and it's remote. And at the end, a couple startups will have the opportunity to have a real pilot opportunity with Diageo. Very interesting. So let me ask you this. Uh, It's kind of merging a couple of the questions we talked about ahead of time. Obviously, Diageo is, uh, you know, if not the the industry leader, one of the, one of the top uh, in in the spirits category. You mentioned the two hundred brands, one hundred eighty countries. I know it very well. My wife worked there for a long time. A couple of very good. Oh, friends. great! Uh, so <laughs> I I I know the sort of ins and outs of it, uh, and it makes a lot of sense for the ventures team to be looking at emerging brands, right? Like I think I think most people listening to this will go, okay, yeah, of course they need to be seeing who the up and comers are, the trends, and jump on that. What mm-hmm. I think is interesting is this other side, the, the accelerator and partnerships and thinking about maybe it's not non-core, right? But it's not the product you all sell. It's actually the business side of things. Why does a company like Diageo, why are they uh, even considering working with startups in the space? Like, What's the mindset there? Yes. So with many corporate ventures teams, we have a parent company... We invest off of our balance sheet, which means we need to be very hyper-focused and hyper-strategic in what we invest in. We know that we have our core products, our portfolio, the things that we've been working on for years and years, if not decades. But we also know there's a lot of new entrants and new opportunities out there and things that are going to disrupt our business or complement or be synergistic with ours. So really it's about finding opportunities outside of what we can do internally and working with these partners that can help us drive inorganic growth. We know that, you know, organic growth, you know, just can get you so far, but with these additional new entrants and opportunities, we can really add uh, a whole nother fascinating element to what we're doing. And some things, you know, as a corporate, we're just not going to develop or produce ourselves. We'd rather find that in the market already and bring that in either to invest, to partner, or even potentially to acquire. And by the way, this is the same model at SAP. You know, we looked for partners that could really complement what we're already doing. And we want to gain market share. We want to stay competitive. We want to make sure that we stay the number one spirits company in the world. And that's only by growing in different ways. And ventures is just one way to do that of many different types of strategies that the company does overall. Very interesting. I would love to know maybe whether you compare and contrast directly to SAP or anywhere else in the corporate venturing world, but 
how you think uh, Diageo's approach is, is unique or similar. Uh, because I know when you were at SAP, yeah. it's a lot about uh, what I'll call commercialization uh, mm-hmm. for startups, right? This idea that, you know, most people, when you say ventures or startups, you immediately think of like fundraising and, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to raid my, my seed and then I'm going to go to series A and then B and C. And it's like all you talk to founders yeah. and all they're doing is raising money. And it's like, well, wait a second, aren't you mm-hmm. any deals? And I thought that was really interesting at SAP. You guys really had a nice focus on like, hey, how do we get commercial deals? And you mentioned in right. the accelerator, you guys are launching at Diageo that, that that's the output, right? Is some commercial deals with the, with the business. Very interested, like what you think is maybe unique about the approach or similar to the, the approach that you've seen that works in the past. Mm-hmm. Yes. So with the, yes, I mean, I (laughs) know, I think with CVCs, everyone, you know, every CVC is a little bit different, has its own strategy. It changes based on the executives at the helm, the firm-wide strategy. And there's even within, you know, Diageo, we have the investment side and then we have the accelerator pilot, pilot commercial side. So there's just different strategies. I, I, I mean, with Diageo, uh, because we're a CPG business, of course, we are also looking for amazing additional CPG businesses to add on to what we're doing. Um, on the tech side, we know that we need to also be more digitally minded. And we need ha- to have these digital models and analytics and robust insights and robust tools to drive sales and conversions. And so we we kind of combine both when we do what it is that we're, we're doing on this sort of CVC plus innovation side of the business. Yeah. Um, I would say at Diageo, when it comes to the beverage side of the business, you know, we're really selective. We look at a few hundred, maybe even thousands of companies a year, and we'll only invest in a few a year. And that is because we have a very clear picture and mandate around what we're going out to hunt for. And so we look, we actually use a lot of data and we use a lot of research um, from sources such as Nielsen to see, you know, where are these companies performing across the map in different categories? So we do a lot of that research and map, market mapping ahead of time before we go and approach a startups and meet them and get to know them. And then we, I, you know, I call it a, um, so we have a team called Distill Ventures. It's a 30-person team. It's uh, independent from Diageo, but we are their sole investor. And so we actually leverage that 30-person team to help us with deals with the deals end-to-end from sourcing to due diligence uh, to post-investment portfolio management and support. And so that, that story I mentioned about Seedlip coming in really early stage, Hitting the inflection point, getting acquired by Diageo, that is one of the successful pathways for startups in our Distill Ventures portfolio. And that means we're very hands-on with them. And we have a, you know, a board seat. We have very active day-to-day support uh, with the startups. So for us, it's very hands-on because we want to get these startups to a place where they could potentially become a Diageo brand one day. 
that's on the beverage side. So that's very unique to Diageo that we have this capability and we use Distilled Ventures to carry that forward. And then on the technology accelerator side, it's that, you know, we're already using various tools in-house and this accelerator is another way for us to literally accelerate our processes of finding best-in-class digital platforms and technologies for us to bring in because we're already doing it. So why not sort of have this call for action across the board, across many different um, networks and bring them in as a cohort to see which ones are going to have the best use cases for our teams, our brands, and then let's bring them in together in a streamlined way in this accelerator where they'll get exposure to our executives, mentorship, um, really robust use case definition, and then push out a really nice group of startups into the Agio to, to do something commercially. Um, so that that's how we approach it. Yeah, I love it. I, I'm going to ask a devil's ad, advocate question, and it's one I get asked all the time. It was first asked for me maybe like eight years ago when somebody was like, nobody gets fired for uh, hiring IBM. Uh, and it was a big company basically being like, hey, like if you go with the industry leader, the big player, like everyone, your boss is going to be like, okay. Yeah. I turn to mm-hmm. startups outside of the still ventures, like let's go to the tech accelerator side. Why, why look to startups on some of these things that I'm sure like the Googles and Amazons are all working on some, some version of a solution uh, or an SAP, right? Uh, mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is the value for an organization the size and scale of a Diageo to look at some of these more nascent opportunities rather than just go with the t- tried and true. And I know mm-hmm. you're doing both, but like just curious, mm-hmm. but what's the value? Sure. sure. I think there's a couple of things you mentioned value. Actually, there's value. If you roll out an SAP product or Google or IBM, it actually will cost millions and, y- you know, years potentially. So um, the value of the, pro- the startups to be able to, to, to try pilots and these smaller tests at, you know, and then scale them out is a really interesting opportunity for us to do it really quickly and in a nimble way. Startups also have the ability to just move fast and adopt feedback, the user feedback, the loop, the feedback loop. And so I, for us, that could be very, very beneficial, particularly because, you know, a lot of um, legacy software players, they're not creating, uh, they're creating very maybe generalist products and, and maybe they'll bucket Diageo in the same retail bucket as, I don't know, like a specialty retailer or even a mass retailer. But we have a lot of our own uh, particular things about us within our company and our alcohol industry that we need specialized solutions for. Yeah. And, uh, and, and with the startups, that's where they can really help us. As a CPG companies, we're certainly not going to develop these tech products in-house. Um, and we certainly don't want to spend millions and years to in- integrate uh, a product that just has 
uh, a small component or a small feature or use case of what we're looking for. And so the startups can really do that and and add uh, a lot of more capabilities for us in a quicker, more meaningful way. I love that. Uh, what a great answer. I, I have a, one question for you on it. What advice would you have for another corporate uh, that is considering this this path forward, whether it's ventures or the accelerator or, or a combination? Because uh, we talk to a lot of people that are mm, just right. just starting to think about this or maybe went one direction yeah. and are rethinking it. Uh, you, you've done this a few times in, 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 in disparate places. So very curious, what, what advice would you have for somebody just starting on this journey? The corporate ventures game is probably it's it's tough it's not easy I, actually the most important thing is having the right stakeholders the executive sponsorship for standing up a corporate vc firm and say you already have that say you already have the funding and the resources honestly then, then it's about bringing the right people on board yeah. and i joined sap to help launch sapio they had a real, you know this great sort of insight that we need to bring people from outside of SAP to bring in like an innovation and different lens and perspective and who knows how to work with startups and the whole startup ecosystem. I think that's really important. Whether you bring someone in-house to do that or you hire, you know, a venture feel or <laughs> the yeah. likes to help you do that. That's something that's really important to get a corporate successful corporate ventures off the ground. Need experts who've done this before, who know how to do this, and bridge those opportunities with a corporate because working between corporates and startups is also there's a lot, a lot of ways that those two don't talk. So you really, really need to find I think the right people to create the right foundational basis. But it all starts off, you know, from the top as well. Um, and I've seen that too, where if you don't have the right executive sponsors, if you don't have continuity in sponsors and funding and resources to get the CVC, there's a lot of disruption to the CVC team, the portfolio. And I've seen a lot of um, CVCs that kind of fall apart, have to um, deconstruct and you know, just don't you just don't want to get to that place. Yeah. Fantastic advice. Well I, I know we've we're running out of time here. So I wanted to, I'm going to give you a choose your own adventure question. Uh, one of the things that we talked about ahead of time was, you know, Diageo is working towards 100% recyclability, reusable, compostable packaging by 2030, and, and a number of other sort of sustainable solutions programs. And then I also wanted to ask you about like big wins uh, that you've had uh, at, at Diageo. And I know Seedlip's a great example. So curious, and you choose which part of this, how does proclamation, something like the sustainability solutions and that focus, how does that influence what you all invest in? Mm -hmm. And or uh, what are are some big wins or things you're excited about, proud about that you've done and, and aren't doing uh, that you want to share with everyone? Mm -hmm. Maybe I can get to both questions. <laughs> I'll do them quickly. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so Diageo has an incredible, you know, ESG program. It includes sustainability. It also includes diverse DEI, diverse inclusion. Um, and the way that we've done that from the venture side of the business is we look for brands that have sustainable 
usage of their supply chain, of their production, of farming practices, uh, et cetera. We practice that uh, at Diageo overall as well. Um, on the DE&I side, we launched uh, within the Distill Venture side, a pre-accelerator fund, which is smaller check sizes for underrepresented founders in the alcohol startup world. We just realized, you know, our portfolio doesn't necessarily represent the general population of drinkers. So let's support some female, some BIPOC, LGBT founders, and we created the pre-accelerator where we're doing just that. And on the other item, a big, another thing, the last question was around sort of wins or what we're interested in next. And, you know, Diageo is really also about positive drinking. So we are, I mentioned the non-alk side of our business, including Seedlip. We're doing more in non-alk, which is something I'm really passionate about as well. And that means we're going to have some cool new brands coming down the pipeline. We already have a current company in our portfolio called Ritual, and they make liquor uh, alternative drinks. So they'll have an alternative that's... And they're you know zero proof, non-alcoholic. And they have it for gin, whiskey, rum, tequila, aperitif. And so having that opportunity to make drinking our beverages inclusive of everyone is also just a very cool uh, initiative that we are jumping on. I love it. Um, well... Thank you so much for for taking the time to to talk and and share all that you're up to and all the all the change that you're sparking. Uh, we will share the information on the accelerator. So anyone listening, uh, if you're a founder and would like to apply, we'll we'll make sure that's in the the show notes uh, so everyone can find it. But is there anywhere else, Sally, that you want people to go to learn more about what you're you're up to? Sure. So I mentioned Distill Ventures a few times. Yeah. The Distill Ventures team takes applications seriously. They read every application on their website. So distillventures.com is where you can apply. And then for the tech accelerator, fusionpartnershiplab.com. The applications are due November 24th. So don't forget to apply. And then for myself personally, you can reach out to me on Twitter or, or LinkedIn and mention you heard the podcast. I always love to see that people actually listen to the podcast or the sessions, the talks. Um, it's a great way to engage with me uh, if you just mentioned that. I love it. We definitely will. And so does this mean you're going to spend Thanksgiving reading uh, all the applications to the accelerator? Is that why you timed it that way? You know, we work at a British company and the team over abroad overseas timed it that way and uh i've got to i've got to go talk to them about that deadline because it's uh it is thanksgiving you're right i I thought it was going to be like a a good hack where you like had all your family members everyone review 10 different (laughs) applications we'll get it done uh, before turkey if only if only (laughs) well thank you so much for your time it was great to see you again and i hope to see you soon likewise thank you so much Thank you all so much for listening to this conversation. Uh, Sally is so dynamic and such a leader in this space. Uh, we will put in the show notes uh, links to all the places that she mentioned. Please go check out 
the application if you are a founder. And of course, if you are an investor or a corporate interested in learning more about accelerators and CBC, uh, you can follow us, uh, Venture Fuel, on LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram, or just go to LinkedIn uh, and my name, Fred Schonenberg, and uh, reach out. Love to hear from you, and I look forward to having you join us on the next episode. Thanks so much.